This episode of Full Armor Radio is brought to you by CR101 Radio Network. CR101 Radio Network is a Christian reconstruction internet radio station that hosts and broadcasts lectures, sermons, and podcasts 24-7. You can learn more at CR101Radio.com. We're also brought to you by GCS Apprenticeship Program, which is dedicated to training the next generation of Christian teachers so they can own and operate successful and profitable Christian schools. You can learn more at gcsapprenticeship.com. And now to the show. What the topic of, of kind of conversation is, is what you believe concerning like the afterlife or what happens after death, whether you believe in something or not or whatever. the afterlife um like you're asking uh, do i believe like there's a place where there's like a special place for us uh young living sure like what happens after death let's see well for me really with death death itself welcomes us and uh, he actually uh, helps us go over to the next world and he actually helps us uh from what I believe is meeting our Lord and Savior Himself. Okay. Picture like this: um, Death may be uh, one of His angels, one of God's angels. Okay. And the angel of death is actually um, Azrael, which I've actually managed to look up, and he does a very good role as the angel of death. And honestly, I would be honored to actually both meet him and our Lord and Savior, and just be blessed of going up to the afterlife, okay. if so, that makes any sort of sense. Sure, so who, who's the Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. Okay, and the afterlife, is that heaven? Yes. Okay, so do you believe that God is the judge of everybody, like he'll judge whether they go to heaven or not? Both yes and no. He'll, he'll judge um, maybe from our everyday lives, but in the end, he'll actually welcome us because of where he sacrificed us just to welcome us in, in, in heaven. Like, let's see. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is this. Even though he'll judge us uh, for our everyday lives, no matter what we do, no matter what we have done, He'll welcome us in all of the numbers. Okay. So do you believe the Bible is God's word? I do, actually. Okay. So God judges by his law, right? The, the Ten Commandments, right? Yes. Okay. So if God were to judge you by the Ten Commandments, do you think he'd find you innocent or guilty on judgment day? Let's see. I'll, I would have him... Uh, judge me by the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I would, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible says that he will. So what do you think? Do you think that you've kept the Ten Commandments? There might actually be a few commandments that I have broken, but I will make amends of fixing that in the later future. Okay. So some, some of the Ten Commandments, for example, are like, you shall not lie. Have you told a lie before? Yes, I yeah. have, actually. Me too. I couldn't really tell you how many, so so many, right? Same for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually times whenever I'll lie, break promises, mm-hmm. because 
Unfortunately, there are some promises that can't always be kept, but I try to make up for okay. so it. So we've broken that commandment. You know, Jesus said if you look at a woman with lust, that's adultery in the heart. Have you ever looked at lust before? I have not, actually. <laughs> really? What do you mean? Um, let's see here. Like, I never had that sort of lust like nothing really. I see them uh, unique and equal to, uh, as everybody else, mm -hmm. I would say. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that's not uh, totally the same thing. Yeah. You know, you can, never, nevertheless, lusting after a woman as in kind of sexual desire for a woman that you're not married to. No, I would not betray you. That, that trust for the lust. Betray who? Anyone that I've come to love. Okay. All right. Being disobedient to parents, that's the fifth commandment. You ever do that? I have not, actually. You never disobeyed your parents growing up? Nope, not really. Not really. <laughs> so is that a kind of or, or a flat? Maybe a kind of. Maybe a... Uh, digging in trouble of what they wanted me to do, yeah. but through all in all, I still went by as they wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. So, I would say that I've broken the Ten Commandments. I've broken all of them. I've lied and, and lusted and was disobedient to parents, um, stolen things. Not, not in terms of like robbing a store, but in terms of, you know, taking things that don't belong to me you know, from whoever, classmates, siblings, whatever it may be. And, you know, you said that you broke the, the lying commandment. So if God were to judge us just based on the Ten Commandments, would he find us innocent or guilty then? If we broke any one of the Ten Commandments, I would actually have to say no, even though that the Ten Commandments, we should be abided by them, but everyone makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's what makes us human. We are not all perfect. Everyone has their own flaws, even mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I've learned to accept that, and I want to be able to do better for others so that way they don't maybe go on to the same path as I do in the future or uh, let's or just be there for the people that have actually gone the same way as I have. So think, think about it like this though in a, in a courthouse right? say I was on trial in a courtroom and I committed some crime okay? I broken the law if I said to the judge, yeah, you know, I broke that law, but hey, can you just let me go? If the judge was like, yeah, it's not a big deal, you can break the law, that would be a bad judge, wouldn't it? That would be a bad judge, yes. See, and that's, that's what I'm getting at. See, God is a good judge. He's good, he's just, he's righteous, he's fair, which means that you can't just let a, a lawbreaker just go, right? No. So what I'm saying is, is that since we've broken the law, God's law, we deserve a penalty. 
That's what lawbreaking deserves. That's what justice demands. They can't just let the bad guy go, right? True. So that would mean that anyone who breaks the law, which you had said before, and I agree completely, everyone does. Everyone's broken the Ten Commandments. Then all of us deserve to go to hell. That's the bad news. That may be the case on your end. But for me, not really. True that we should be abide by the commandments. True. However, though, if you want, uh, let's see, what is another word besides repent, maybe um, ask for forgiveness. Uh-huh. And he will open to you no matter what. Even if you maybe perhaps, well, I would hate to say the whole the murdering cases sort of way. I mean, I'm not really, I'm kind of iffy about that part right there. But perhaps maybe over time, if you actually see that what you have done by taking a life was a true mistake to your end, then the only one who can actually forgive you of doing that is the Lord Christ himself. And I would agree. I think that God is forgiving and can forgive. But here, here's a distinction here. If, again, if I was in a human court, in a courthouse, and I said, yeah, I murdered somebody, but I'm really sorry. Then they're not really going to abide by that. They still can't let you go. So there's something else that needs to take place. So what did God do so that he can forgive people and save them from hell? Bible, he actually sacrificed his son mm-hmm. for many others. Right. That so, is true. So what does that what does that do? What was Jesus' death on the cross? What does that accomplish? Let's see. Throughout those three days, he's been in that tomb. And, and during that third day, he has risen from the dead by cheating death himself. Mm-hmm. And he has actually been there for many others throughout each generation. So, for me, no matter what sort of life that you've been going through, every, for him, once he is there for you, your own, uh, let's see, your own life of hell can actually be undone through his grace. Okay. Well, let me let me say a certain way, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. Okay. okay. So, like I said before, I've broken all these Ten Commandments, these laws. I deserve a just penalty. I deserve the the anger of God, the wrath of God, the penalty for my sins. I deserve that myself because I've earned it. You know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So, wages are something that you earn. So, by sinning or by breaking the law, you earn death. You earn hell. So, what Jesus' death on the cross is is instead of me getting the penalty for my sins, the penalty is being transferred to Jesus and he's taking the penalty instead. He's taking the penalty in my place as a substitute. So instead of me getting the penalty, my guilt is transferred to Jesus and he bears the penalty for me. So instead of me going to hell, Jesus faces a punishment that's equivalent on the cross. So now, justice has been dealt out, but just not on me, on him instead. That's how he can save me from the penalty that I deserve, is that Jesus sacrificed himself to take the penalty in my place. Yes, and the reason for that is because 
He loves you. Mm-hmm. No matter, even though that you deserve the wrath of God, but Jesus is God Himself. Mm-hmm. We all know that. No matter what, He is He is judging. He is judging you through His wrath. But He knows that you are one of His children. He sacrificed himself for you. You are free of your sins. Even though that he is now carrying your sins. Because he, yeah. he did. He did on the cross. And then he died for my sins. Not for his own sins, but for my sins. See, I deserve my own wages, death. But he took it instead. But he has taken your sins. Yes. Took the penalty for my sins on the cross. Now, that that's key. See the difference there? It's not just God saying, well, your sins... No big deal, we'll let it slide. He can't do that because he's good. So instead, Jesus had to come. This wasn't an option. It had to happen. If anybody was going to be forgiven of their sins, he had to die on the cross and take the penalty for them. Because God cannot be unjust. He can't just let the criminal go. No. So instead, he, God the Father treated God the Son, Jesus, as the criminal. Even though he didn't commit sin, people did. I did. But my sin was transferred to him so that he would bear the penalty in my place. Does that make sense? Yes. And there's another aspect to it, too. Do you know, according to the Bible, how good a person would have to be to earn a place in heaven? From what I've been told is through lots of prayers, abiding by the commandments, and just reading the good book itself. But well, that's modern time. You're talking about, like, back in the day, basically. Well, I'm saying in all times. I'm saying it's the same in, in all times. times. Yes. And here's what the answer is, okay? It's not what you just said. This is what Jesus said. He said, you must be perfect. Ah, uh, that key word right there. Perfect. Does that concern you? It does... Because, as I said from before, not everybody is perfect. We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that means then, logically, that no one is good enough to go to heaven, right? So this is where the good news comes into play, is that heaven's a free gift, something you can't earn. So Jesus accomplished salvation for people is that he gives heaven as a free gift. So I just said, you have to be perfect to go to heaven. Well, Jesus was perfect. He did keep the law perfectly. He never sinned. Okay? So remember I said that my sin is transferred to him? Well, in the opposite way, his law-keeping can be transferred to the sinner. Kind of like if, if I were to earn, you know, a million dollars and then transfer it to your bank account. So you didn't earn a penny of that. No, but now it's on your account. It's a gift. Yeah. So Jesus earns this law keeping that I didn't do. I wasn't perfect, not at all. But he was, and he can transfer that to me. So now think about it. How do I appear before God on Judgment Day because of what Jesus did? My guilt has been paid for on the cross, and the righteousness, that perfection that I needed, is put on my account. So do I appear perfect? Yes. So can I go to heaven? Yes. So that's the key. I couldn't, you can't earn heaven. So I quoted a verse before from Romans 6. It says, the wages of sin is death. 
So by sinning, you earned your penalty death. But I left out the second half of the verse. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, salvation is a free gift. Eternal life is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't merit it in any way by trying to be a good, good guy. Not by prayers, not by Bible reading. Those things are good, but they can't save you. It has to be Jesus. That's why he's called the Savior, because he's the one who saved people. You can't save yourself by trying to be good. If you try to be good enough to go to heaven, you won't make it because you have to be perfect, remember? Since you can't, you can't reach perfection, you'll actually get your wage, which would be hell. And that's bad news. I don't want that for you. No. But, no it, yeah, so the way that you can be saved is by this. Jesus has you know, accomplish salvation by keeping the law for people, by dying on the cross of people. But you have to repent of your sins. So you know what that means? Before I say the repent word, but I've always been wondering of the meaning of it. Okay. Repentance is this. It, it literally means, it's in reference to repenting of your sins. So the sins that you like to do, the sins that you love, repenting of them is turning your back on them and hating them. Okay. So if you, if you have things that are against God's law, you say, I don't want to do those things. I'm sorry, God, for doing these things. They're wrong. It's an agreement with God about sin. Saying, I know they're wrong. I don't want to do them anymore. Turning your back on them. It means literally like a 180, like a change of mind about sin, a change of heart about sin. So repenting of your sins, but then, this is really the key, trusting in Jesus alone as your Savior instead of trusting in yourself. And that's the key. Most people think they're going to get to heaven by what they do. What are they trusting in? Themselves. But see, you have to be perfect to go to heaven, so trusting in yourself is bad, bad idea. If you trust in what Jesus has done, dying on the cross, taking the penalty, keeping the law on behalf of the sinner as well, then God will count that for you. So that, that accounting, you'll appear perfect before God if you put all of your trust on Jesus for your salvation and not on yourself. You follow me? Yeah, that I actually, I agree with. Okay. It's like this, faith, faith or trusting in Jesus is like this. If, you were, if we were in an airplane, you know, and we had to jump out, and you said, I'm going to jump out, and I think that if I flap my arms, that'll get me down to the ground safely. That'd be foolish trusting in your own abilities to save you in that circumstance. So I would urge you, I'd say, no, 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 don't trust in yourself. Put a parachute on, put your trust in that <laughs> to get you down safely, right? Putting your trust outside of yourself to something that can actually save you. And that's what I'm saying here is that trusting in your own good works will never save you because the standard is perfection. But if you trust in what Jesus did, he saves. Could you use the word grace before? Do you know what grace means? No matter how many times I've actually said grace, I think the meaning of it has actually, um, well, the definition has actually yeah. slipped out of my mind. Well, the Bible says that it's by grace that you are saved. So grace is a free gift. This is a, this is a great verse. Listen to this. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. Think about that last part, so no one can boast. If I stand before God on Judgment Day and I say, God, you should let me into heaven because I have read my Bible and I've prayed and I've been nice to people and I've done X, Y, and Z, who am I boasting in? Me. 
That's not the way salvation works. It says it's not by works so that no one can boast in themselves. What I should say is God, ultimately, in terms of justice, I don't deserve to go to heaven. I deserve to go to hell. But I trust that what Jesus did, dying on the cross, taking the penalty for my sins, keeping the law for me, I trust that what Jesus did will count for me and that you will accept me because of what he did, not because of what I have done. You see how that's all of, of uh, a gift? Yes. I haven't done nothing to earn it. I'm not trusting in myself at all. It's only what Jesus did. He earned it, and then he gives it freely. Kind of like how I always say this to a few people, that throughout each day that we live, it's a gift, mm -hmm. not a given right. Mm -hmm. So... So for you actually saying the word gift uh, of Jesus giving that perfection to those who have sinned is basically the same. No, not just the same, but everything is a gift, mm -hmm. no matter what it is. And it's, well, not everything is a gift. Yes, not everything is a gift. There are some things you do have to earn through modern time, but through the world of Christ himself, it is a gift from him, but only... Well, yes, I would say only. Not yet. Got, now I got myself on the mind right there for the only parts. And I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. I would say that salvation or forgiveness of sins is entirely a free gift. There is a such thing as, as wages, though. And wages, are like your paycheck, something you earn, right? It says the wages of sin is death. So if, if you, by your life, you, will, you can earn one thing by what you do, and it's hell. Because you've broken the law, just like me and just like everyone else. So you, you can't earn eternal life. The wages are death because we aren't perfect, because we sin. Heaven, or eternal life, is a free gift, though, contrary to a wage. See, a wage and a gift are opposites. Because if you go to work and you get your paycheck, that's not a gift they're giving to you. They won't give it to you unless you work for it. But if it's your birthday or something, somebody gives you a gift, you don't owe them money for it. They give it to you for free. They bought it, they purchased it, and give it to you for free. Big difference. Salvation is a gift. You can't earn it in any way because the standard is perfection and none of, no one's perfect. Everybody breaks the law. And if you really look at the law, you'll find that you break it more than you thought. I've broken it many, many, many times. Okay? Because it's not only what you do, but it's what you say and what you think. Indeed, because... Once you um, say it, you can't take it back. Mm -hmm. And God keeps an account of every thought that you've had, every word that you've said, and everything that you've done in your entire life. And that can only earn you one thing, a punishment, a penalty, because you've broken his law. Thankfully, the good news is, is that Jesus accomplished what needed to be accomplished in order for people to be forgiven of their sins. Took that penalty on the cross. Kept the law for them. If people repent and trust in him alone instead of trusting in themselves, he'll save them. Save them from hell, save them from sin, and give them eternal life in heaven forever. That's the good news. 
That's what's called the gospel. The word gospel means good news, and that's why it's called that. It's the gospel of Jesus, is that he saves people freely as a gift. So what do you think about that? Do you believe that? I do, actually. Have you repented and trusted in Jesus alone? I have. Okay. Do you know what it means to be born again? To be born again? I would say it would still be you, but you are not you. You have been reborn as a new person through Christ himself. Yeah, that's really good. You're, you're given a new heart. You have a new life. The Bible describes it as taking out a heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh. A, a heart that can actually, you live, you actually live. It, it's, it's, it's really being dead and coming alive. That's the way the Bible will talk about it. Do you know how you can know whether or not you're born again? See the changes. Yeah, what would be some of the changes that you see? Probably your perspective of the choices that you make throughout your, the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Being there for others mm -hmm. and you probably being one of God's angels and being there for other people. Like, for me, he's actually made me as an angel to be there for somebody because I've done an act to save someone. Which did happen during the holidays, actually. I've actually never been in a situation like that, but I'm glad that I took action and trust the Lord himself to have him take control of my actions to save that person. You mean save their life, like their physical life? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that some of those things, um, yeah, like your, your course of your life and what you, you know, whether you desire to love and obey God, that would be a sign that you're born again. I'd say it's basically three things. We've already talked about two of them. Um, repentance. A born-again person is going to be repentant for their sins. They're not going to view their sin lightly. They're going to say, it's very serious, and I'm sorry, God, I repent of my sins, I hate my sins. I'm, you know, really sorry for that. Uh, secondly, it's trusting in Jesus alone for salvation. That's a sign that you're born again. If somebody is trusting in themselves, that's a problem. You know? And thirdly, and this is really important, it will result in a change, being born again will result in a changed life, meaning that you will be striving to obey God. Now, here's the key. Not to try to earn salvation, because I already said that. You can't do it, and that we contradict trusting in Jesus alone. Born-again people, Christians, try to obey God out of gratitude to him for, for saving them as a free gift. It's not to try to earn points with God or, or earn a place in heaven, but, but only out of gratitude to God and because God has given you the new heart, the desire for what's right, and, and what's right is defined by his law, the Ten Commandments. So if you repent, or if you're a repentant person, you're trusting in Jesus alone, and your life is changed so that you are striving for obedience, no Christian will be perfect, but they're going to be striving for obedience. They're going to be really desiring to do what's right in God's sight. They're going to serve God, love Him, obey Him, out of gratitude, out of thankfulness to Him. Those are good signs that, you're, that somebody is born again. However, if those things are not there, that, that's a sign that you're not born again. Jesus said you'll know a person by their fruit. 
like you know a tree by its fruit. So if you see a tree with apples growing on it, you know what kind of tree it is because of that. You know it's an apple tree because you see the apples on it. Same thing. If you see somebody who's repentant and trusting in Christ alone and has a desire to obey God, those are fruits of being born again. But if those things are not there, that would demonstrate that the person is not born again. So that's really important too, because born again basically means it means that you're you are saved, that you are that God has saved you, and it means that you are going to heaven when you die. If you're not born again, that means that you're not saved. So what everyone needs to concern themselves with is Am I repenting? Am I repentant of my sins? Have I repented? Am I trusting in Jesus alone? That's the call of the gospel. Jesus went out and said that. Repent and believe. Repent and trust. So. And, during that, and during that time, Satan himself will try even harder to throw you off of that. ways, but you trust your life to the Lord, have faith in the good word that he says to you, nothing will turn you away to go to the same himself. If, you, if somebody is truly saved, God secures them. They are held, and no one can snatch them out of his hand. So it says that in John 10. No one can snatch the Christian out of, the true Christian out of God's hand. Not even Satan himself. Which is great. It's good news. Um, that if somebody's truly saved, they're saved forever. They can't lose it. It's, a, it's really good. Really good news. That Jesus has actually accomplished salvation forever for people. It's not just temporary, temporary, but it's forever. Forgiveness that cannot be taken back. Um, so, okay. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to say? I, I'm pretty much, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about, I think. Um, but if it's something you would talk about, I'd be happy to. God knows who you are, who you're always going to be. And if you believe in God Himself, He'll be with you all the way. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I have right now. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's a Bible, right? New Testament in your pocket, right? Yes. Gideon Bible. I reckon I have some of those, <laughs> the same ones. Have you ever read. Um, have you ever read through the Gospel of John? I have. Okay. Actually, it's been a while though. Okay. Even though I should really keep up with reading the Bible, but as a, as we've actually discussed, uh, there's always been other situations, I should say, professionally, that our everyday lives will turn our way on this. And for me, I should really keep up with this. I really should. But not every, not every time. Yeah. There may be once or twice, but maybe even once, you can still see the beauty of Christ this morning. Well, it'd be good, it'd be good to, to look again, because the, the Gospel of John is really, you know, it's about Jesus and what he taught and what he did. Um, and that's really important to really dig into. Um, and a lot of it is touches upon what we were talking about, the gospel, um, is what we were talking about today. So 
I'd recommend it's right there in the New Testament there. Um, so it'd be good to check out again. And then maybe after that, you read the book of Romans. It's been a while. Yeah. That's also there in the New Testament. Those two would, would be really good if the next time you pick up, and I'd recommend doing it as soon as possible, um, to go through those. Uh, it doesn't take very long to get through those. Um, so, all right, Sean. Well, thank you again for, for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate this conversation, too. It yeah. really helped me see a little bit more further in. Good. Good. I'm glad. This is, this is the most important thing in the whole world. It's, a, it's an internal matter. It's about where you spend eternity. It's about whether your sins are forgiven, whether you have peace with God. And that's that's what I definitely would want for you, is to make sure that you have peace with God through Jesus. Okay. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And here's your holy wave. <laughs> My pastor always does that over at the church. Oh, yeah? Since this whole pandemic started. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, man. Nice to meet you. See you. Nice to meet you, too.